When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. I'm Dan Thomas from the studio today by Shaka Hissett. We'll kick things off with Manchester City being crowned the club world champions after thrashing Fluminense by four goals to nil. Uh, Alvarez of score after just 40 seconds to give Guardiola's side the ascendancy. There was no looking back from then. The one concern, though, despite the 4-0 victory, was Rodri being stretched off in the second half. Here's what he had to say about that injury. I almost cried after the tackle, but I'm fine. I will be fine to play against Everton. No issues. Uh, Jan is with us. Jules is with us. This is going to be our whole show. Oh, what's Manchester City going to do without Rodri? Will they be able to cope? Who's going to come in? Is it Calvin Phillips time? But now he's fine, Jules. So uh, all right. So inconsiderate. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we know the record that City have this season when Rodri isn't there, of course. So as soon as we saw that tackle and we saw him in pain, we thought, uh-oh, that could be difficult for the next few weeks. If he says he's fine, I think he's quite a solid, he's a solid guy, to be fair. He's quite strong. So if he says he's fine and he can play against Everton, even if maybe that first game, maybe he won't be able to train too much between now and the Everton game. He needs a bit of rest, a bit of treatment, etc. But I think he can go through the pain, even if there's still a little bit of pain. Because without him, he's just not the same City team. Meanwhile, who needs Haaland, eh, Jan? It's Alvarez, chaps, done all right? Exactly. Remember when they signed Haaland, there was this guy they took in called Alvarez. Nobody had heard of him and now he's 23-14 trophies, winning everything. <laughs> and But not only is that, there's not a like a superstar present on the pitch because he's he's just gonna gonna he's everywhere he's just a bit there a bit there he's doing as he's scoring his goals this is just a perfect football player and I, and I mean a big big respect to city that they, that they got him because he's he's that kind of player that you can put it in a midfield position ref, left right in a striker position and again today he was he was everywhere and uh, yeah just respect to him and, and the rest of the city team winning another trophy it's weird Jack, isn't it because someone who has won so much yeah does he get the recognition he deserves no because because of william Haaland. jan just described julian alvarez as a perfect football player and and i'm I can't disagree with that. I mean, not just for his contributions on the park, but where else can you find somebody with his quality who understands that when Pep Guarda decides to play one up front and all everybody being fit, all other all else being equal, it's going to be Erling Haaland. But here we are talking about a World Cup winner. And every time Pep Guarda calls on him, whether it's up front on his own or part of a two or playing somewhere else, maybe as, as in, in a three, he has been outstanding every single time he's been called on. So, to Jan's description, that's exactly the kind of player every team needs. One that you can rely on regardless of what he's asked to do, when he's asked to do it. And then with the kind of pedigree that, that he just inevitably brings, um, it, it, it just, it, it must be a joy to work with uh, from, from a coaching perspective and from a teammate perspective, uh, a joy to have in your dressing room. Overall, Jan, obviously Manchester City arrived at this tournament on a poor run of form. They go there, they win both games convincingly, they don't concede a goal. 
Does it make a difference to the rest of their season that they've gone there and done this? Or is it the fact that it's such inferior opposition, it doesn't actually matter? Never underestimate self-confidence. Uh, I was there at the Crystal Palace game. You had a feeling that they were they into that period where the ball doesn't do what they want them always to do. They're 2-0 up. Pep Guardiola always talking about controlling the game, closing games off. But when you're 2-0 up against Crystal Palace at home, you think you should do that. Going there, winning a trophy, staying there for a week, bring Haaland in, bring De Bruyne in to keep that team atmosphere. And it's interesting what Jules is saying because we are talking about the best team in the world, but they're still depending on a Rodri. They're still praying when anything happened to him. But still, this is good for their confidence. And teams like Manchester City or Bayern Munich or the best teams, they're just about being there coming in the new year. And then they go into the vital, the golden months, March, April and May. They're always there. So don't underestimate self-confidence. Uh, this, of course, is the last time we're going to see the Club World Cup in this format. There'll be no tournament next year, but then it's back with a bang and then some. In 2025, a summer tournament will see 32 club teams from around the world compete. Do you like this, Jan? Well, the popular thing is to say you don't like it, but I think this is a great idea. Uh, and I'm not taking into consideration how many games they have to play every player and that they have every second year, they will have a rest year, uh, not Euros or what Africa Cup and Asian Cup coming up now, of course, with the World Cup. I, I put this into the bigger picture. This is a fight between federations like UEFA, FIFA want their own competition. I don't like 100% this idea that we have now, only four teams coming in and, and Manchester City, they, the Champions League winner coming in late and all that kind of stuff. I'm 100% sure that the Club World Cup will be a fantastic success. Uh, and uh, then, then the managers got to be the ones who are complaining about the players and the lack of rest. That is another uh, discussion, but I'm 100% sure this is going to be a smashing hit. As a player, how committed would you be to it, Jan, given, as you say, it's adding more fixtures to already congested list? Yeah, but, but I, don't think, I don't think that is the players to worry. Yes, it's the, the football organisations like PFA or Fifth Pro. And, um, those kind of organisations got to fight for the fixture list. I understand that. I do understand that. But from, if I isolate just the tournament, going to a, to a World Cup in USA, there will be a great event. They will love to play there. But I'm saying that the medical kind of thing is something else. But I'm 100% sure that going to a Club World Cup, that will be a highlight for many players. A lot of players don't come to tournaments at all. So you can use the Norwegians. Uh, they will, we don't seem ever to come to a tournament. Maybe we have a chance at the Club World Cup. Chaka? It'll be a whole lot more successful than, than the current format. I, I, a far bigger attraction. No question about that. My, I, I will keep going back to um, the number of games that players are being asked to play now. And you're now adding another significant summer tournament to the calendar. That will be for, for everybody. Three out of every four summers, you'll be playing in, in, in major, or the best of players will be playing in, in, in major tournaments. And, and I just feel at some point, this catches up with everybody. Right. So while, yes, this format is easy to, the current format has just come to an end, easy to ignore, and it's pretty much just a crowning of, 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 of 
whoever's the, the European champion. I know there have been exceptions, but it was just two games for, for the major big European clubs and, and, and the best players in, in the world. Now you're adding this other significant tournament. I just... It's, it's, a, it's another growing demand on those players. At a time where the Euros have increased, the World Cup is about to increase, you now increase the Club World Cup, um, and, and we're seeing the kinds of tools that these tournaments are, are already taking on players. Uh, um, my, my concern is around, around, around those health concerns. Jules, do you like it? I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. I mean, I like all the games, of course, and, you know, we, it's good to see big teams playing each other. We, we're used to it. We see in preseason a lot. This will feel, to me, this will feel like a lot of preseason matches. And I'm sure a lot of clubs, because of the time that it's played at, which is during preseason, really, what we usually be in preseason, it will feel a little bit like the same, I think. And I'm not sure how seriously, even if there's a lot of money to earn for clubs, how seriously some of the managers' players will take it. Uh, I'm just not sure about some of the teams that will be invited due to the coefficient. For example, even if they haven't won the Champions League or or they or they like continent championship, if you want. I'm, I'm just not sure we need that right now because like Shaka said, there's more and more games and again more games. The Champions League is going to be with more games too. They're going to play in January, the Champions League now, where we never ever played the Champions League in January before. So what? And now when do the players go on holidays? I'm, I'm not sure at all. But I think, I think if it, it's a fair, it's fair point, Jules, but I think that we are using our Euro Euro European hats on now. Because for the rest of the world, to have a chance to play as the best European team, that is something that is good about it. Even this champions uh, that we just crowned now with Manchester City, that is much more valuable in other countries as well. So I think it's a bit, a bit respect for, for those teams as well from other federations. Uh, and then, again, there, are, there won't be enough dates, of course, uh, but I think this is going to be, be a hit. Uh, just a reminder, the latest edition of the Gam Jules podcast is available to listen to now. Be sure to go over to the website and check it out. Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. 
One Premier League game on Friday and Aston Villa's fantastic home run is over as they can only manage a 1-1 draw against Sheffield United. They got out a penalty early on, VAR reviewed it and it wasn't awarded. They did have the ball in the back of the net to open the scoring in the 59th minute. However, VAR would take it quite a way back to disallow a goal because of a foul on the Sheffield United goalkeeper. And then it would be the visitors who would open the scoring. Cameron Archer making it 1-0. Villa though would get the equaliser through Zanio and in the end then these spoils are shared what that means well Aston Villa now level on points at the top of the table but it does open the door doesn't it for Liverpool and Arsenal to put a little bit of daylight now between them and Unai Emery's side uh, Jan is with us and Jules as well Jan this was fun in the end yeah it was fun at the end uh not neutral, played at Sheffield United. I would wish they could take a surprise three points there, but I don't. I don't think. It, I don't agree with Shaka. I don't think it was a penalty. Uh, I'm more doubtful about the, the second one. I think that is too long to go back. I'm not sure who held his right hand. If that was a Sheffield United player or the Aston Villa player, then coming back to the Archer goal, brilliant, brilliant finish. But I mean, w how dominant uh, Aston Villa are? You just break teams down and then, then things like that will happen all the time. But I think Chris Wilder has got it right. He has set out the right strategy for them and hugely respected results for them after 15 wins in a row at home for, for Villa. So this was also great talking about confidence tonight. Jules, I was really surprised when VAR took it back that far because Sheffield United had the ball, they had possession, they had the opportunity to clear it. And then it's almost like another phase of play, isn't it? I understand that is definitely a foul on the keeper. There's no question about that. But from what we've seen before from VAR, they have been reluctant to go that far back. Yeah, completely. I was really surprised as well. I agree with you. I mean, it's not clear within the VAR rules, if you want, even the briefing that someone like Howard Webb could give or, or VAR, PGM, well, VAR in general would give on, on how far you're allowed to go back or you should really go back. It's not even being allowed. It's how, how much you should go back. Maybe it's just using common sense. I'm not sure there was much common sense today in going back that far back, by the way. Maybe it's a feeling about the referee. Maybe he could not see the foul properly. Otherwise, he would have given it straight away. So, they ask him I'm really not sure but again this is not clear enough and for all the, the things that we discuss about VAR all the time the good things the bad things the one thing that we say all the time is we just need clarity okay this is what we do let's say after five seconds you could just can't go back after two phases of play you can't go back because then he opens the door to something like tonight and if in the end Villa miss out on the title for one point, for example, then I think we will all talk back again about this game. And yeah, of course, Bailey could have scored and then Harcher could have equalised later and he would have still finished 1-1. However, it might have been a completely different game had this Leon Bailey goal been allowed by the referee and Villa would have won the game. For, for me, it's not so much about, about the time, to, to Jules' point, because we've seen a foul committed at one end of the park, mm. ball go all the way up the other end and they score and, and you bring it back. But... It's kind of in the same passage of play. Th this one just felt different for me. And even though, yes, I'm, as I say, time-wise, it's been called back for, for short infringements, the ball pinged around in the Sheffield United box. Then Sheffield United, after that, got gun control, and they gave it away. So it just felt a, a little bit odd to me. And, and in terms of phases of play and, and all the other language that, that they use in, in the laws of the game, I, it just... It, it just felt a, a, a little different. Villa finishing top four, yeah? No. I don't think so. I think that will be, uh, although I'm very 
like everybody else, impressed by what Emery is doing that. But, I mean, the usual suspects will be uh, City, Liverpool, Arsenal. Uh, I will take away Manchester United. I don't think they will make it. That may not be a surprise. But I, I guess Tottenham will be around. There will be, be all other teams that Manchester United and Chelsea from the top teams will be there. But I don't think Aston Villa will do it in the end. I think today was a perfect example what you that wasn't need a very convincing argument, yeah. And you said no, and then you went, well, not Man United, they're not going to do it. Chelsea aren't going to no, do no, it. No, yeah, no, I'm so, uh, sorry, I'll try again. I, I think that the, the usual spe- suspect will be there but with the top three, 100%. Yeah, uh, Liverpool City, Arsenal. Imp- yeah, uh, but I'm very impressed by what, what they're doing, uh, uh, Aston Villa. But I, I, I just felt today they had the chance... 15 in a row, they will be top of the league. That's what you need to be up there. You yeah. need to win these key key games. And, and I think that's what you're lacking. Maybe then you need another year or whatever. It's like, it's a bad example, but Arsenal didn't have it last year to win the league. I think they've taken that step now, but I think clubs need to take that step. And Aston Villa, for me, showed tonight that they don't have it 100% yet. I, I, think, I think we'll learn the truth about Aston Villa in the coming weeks, to, to, to Jan's point. You go on this incredible run at home. 50, yep. 15 wins in a row. You include Arsenal. You include Manchester City in there. Probably the last game you're thinking you aren't going to win is Sheffield United coming to town. Yeah. And this is, is those learning points, these experiences that I think differentiate title-winning teams from teams that put together good runs. You don't drop points when, when you shouldn't. Now, I, I think this game is a perfect example as to why Aston Villa won't win the title. But then when you're talking about top four and you're trying to figure out who else is there outside of the, of the usual three suspects, of course, we have January to come. You're going to it, think Spurs, Newcastle, Villa, don't you? I, I, and, and, and right now, I'm not convinced that Spurs are strong enough to put together a sustained run. Um, we have to see how Newcastle cope with, with, their, with, their, with their injury issues. And we have to wait to see, of course, how, how well, everybody... Does does any in the January transfer window? But as things sit right now, I, I think Aston Villa are comfortably in the top four of the league. Yeah, as we that's sit right now. That's where the Hislop money's going. Well, that's where your money is. Uh, Jules, <laughs> I just think that they are playing at their best right now. I don't think they can play better than this. Even if they sign a couple of players in January, this is the best that they can do. The others, everybody from Arsenal, Liverpool, City. United, Newcastle, everybody else is going to improve. Some are going to sign players in January, but you expect them, they still have so much room for improvement, even, even City, really, compared to how, how they've played so far this season and some of the runs that they've been on to. I just think that Villa have picked already, and if they keep that, that, that level and that momentum all the way to the season, this is a big if, then okay, maybe they might finish top four, but the others are going to be stronger and stronger and stronger, and the pressure will be on Villa. And the others, they know this pressure, because this is what they fight for every single season. For Villa, this top four pressure is really, really new, and I, I, I fear for them that they're just going to miss out and finish fifth or sixth. Let's talk about the others then. It really is Christmas come early on Saturday, isn't it? Liverpool against Arsenal at Anfield, a place where Arsenal are terrible, by the way. They haven't won their last 10 Premier League matches at Anfield. Arte- Excuse me, Arteta talked about that ahead of the game. 
We have done it um, in Old Trafford. We have done it at Stamford Bridge. In, in in many other places that for many years we haven't. And that's the next challenge: go there and and win. And uh, you want to be at the top. You're gonna have to those places and and be dominant and win the games. And and that's what we're gonna try to do. It's gonna be a special atmosphere. Uh, obviously, the two teams are in in a great moment, in a really good position, really strong position. Both teams, I'm sure, we have prepared the game to win it and to go for it. And um, and it's gonna be an intense match. It's going to be intense. It's going to be a great match, isn't it, for the neutral. Me and Jules are both going for a draw. Shaka, you went for a draw initially and then you changed your mind. Yeah. Jan, meanwhile, going for an Arsenal victory. Why did you change your mind? Because Jules went for a draw and he thought I, it was wrong? I, I, yeah, I, I just, for the life of me, I couldn't agree with you and Jules. On the <laughs> same show. No, l- listen, I'm just kind of looking, looking at, at, at how both these teams fear and, and well, yes, Liverpool stumbled against Manchester United, but I expect them to, to regain that form, as, as I was discussing with, with Aston Villa moments ago. But more to the point, I just feel that Arsenal, Sydney of late, have, have struggled on the road. Even when they have won, it's been narrowly 4-3 away to Luton, 1-0 Brentford. I, I just feel against better teams like Newcastle, they, they just haven't been able to, to find that cutting edge. Um, and I, I think, and in, in total contrast to how Manchester United played at Anfield, Arsenal will come and, and play on the front foot. And that is exactly what, what Liverpool like. So those two things combined, um, I'm, I'm leading Liverpool. You, meanwhile, are leaning the other way, Jan. Yes, I do. I mean, I'm probably influenced being there when they played Manchester United. And I thought, wow, what's going on here? Because at the end there, if Highland had a bit of confidence, he would have scored and United would have snatched three points. But yes, I think uh, Arsenal take another step. Uh, we saw on the, the stats there, the games losing at Villa, at Newcastle. Of course, then you could say, no, a, a great team away from home. They were, they were losing again. But there's something about this Arsenal team. There's something about Declan Rice coming in there. That midfield, strong midfield. Martin Erdegaard is yet in super form. And so I think I'll go for a, a, a Arsenal win. Not sure, though, because I always feel that Liverpool can they have enough match winners. But I, I was surprised uh, against Manchester United that they didn't create so few. They, they created so few uh, big chances. Uh, there was a lot of dominance, a lot of shots of goals and everything. But that was a weak performance by, by Liverpool Football Club. You may be wondering... What has happened to Darwin Nunez? Why can't he score goals? Ever since Jules has put him into his fantasy team, he can't, he can't hit the back of the net for, for love or money. I can't believe you're saying this. It's the truth, John. And every week on this podcast, every week, <laughs> this time, this is the weekend. Come on, Darwin. And every week you curse him, yeah. <laughs> Jules, every, every weekend you text me and you say, Darwin, <laughs> the guy has more yellow cards. Uh, since I brought him into my team, he's got more yellow cards than anything else. No assists, no goals, just yellow after yellow. One more yellow and he's actually going to get suspended, to be fair. He's already on four. I don't know. He creates those chances or he's in the right place, but then the, the, it's just not clinical enough, which, which is not, nothing new. We saw that last season. We saw that even before at Benfica. We saw that in La Liga too. So this is nothing new. And Klopp talked about it the other day and he said, like, now we need, almost Klopp said, oh, now we need to teach him how to finish because he gets in those right positions. He's obviously strong and quick. He's got good control of the ball at times. 
But it's just, I don't know, something. And every time I watch him, I'm full of, come on, this is the time. Come on, Darwin, you're going to do it this time. And every time he keeps missing. The problem, uh, Jan, the problem. As you, as you, you were there, Jan, obviously, you, you, you watched him, obviously, I imagine, closely as well in the flesh. What's going on? Now, I guess the thing is with Nunez, yes, you want him to do well. Yes, he comes into great positions. But the problem is, if I may say, he's, a, even, he's just a... He's a player who can, he's a striker who can score goals, but he's not a goal getter. What's the difference? Is that a goal getter, he will then and again out of nothing score goals. Nunez won't score goals out of nothing. He will just score goals. And that is the, the big difference. And I love to watch him. And, I, but, and still, I, I understand the frustration from Jules. I understand the frustration from Klopp because that last inch to get him into being a goal getter, that is the hardest inch to do as a striker, as a number nine. Meanwhile, Kai Havertz has been scoring goals, Jan. Yes, Quite the opposite to what we're saying from Nunez, your boy. <laughs> yeah, I've said about Kai Havertz all the time. He is back in business. Thank God Ateta has given him a, a position on my favourite word tonight. Uh, self-confidence uh, and he's and he's back there and I love the way he's as at Arsenal now he's a key p- key player for them now because you're always talking about this lack of the number nine or the striking force is not good enough but goals from Kai Harvards will help Arsenal immensely key player key player Jules is that fair I think he's fair now. I think he's a key player for Arsenal. We, we said at the beginning of the season that some of the... No, listen, we said at the beginning of the season some of the defensive numbers were really good from him. Because when you move to a new team like this in a very different position than really ever you've played before, not even the Bayer Leverkusen, certainly not at Chelsea, there's a lot of things for you to learn when you are in possession, when your team has the ball in your movement, how much you go forward, those runs that you make in the box, when you don't have to go forward, when you stay a bit, all of that. But what you can always do is run, go for duel, go for challenges, get the ball back, but just put a big effort in, which is what he was doing. Now what we can see, the effort is still there, but now he's starting to understand what he has to do when Arsenal have the ball. So when to make that run into the box, when to not make it, when to leave Martinelli one-on-one isolated with his defender, when to let Zinchenko come in inside, and for him, doing a bit of what Chaka used to do last season. But that, that took time. It was always going to take time anywhere, but the talent was always there, and I think that now he's getting more used with that number eight kind of position on the left-hand side, him, Rice, and other guards are just combining really well him Martinelli and Zinchenko so the other triangle is doing really well and even him and Gabriel Jesus because when Gabriel Jesus drops then Kai can go forward a bit a little bit more but all of that he had to learn and it feels like okay now he's gonna he's gonna be rubbish tomorrow but 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 you could feel that he's learned that now and I think he's gonna be uh, he's gonna have a really good second half of the season you buying what Kai Havertz TV selling not yet um, listen, I, I, four, four goals in, in seven games is, is an incredible return for, for anybody, particularly a, a midfielder or midfielder come attacker. But I, I, am, I am not not at all convinced by, by Kai Havertz. Yes, he's, he's had a good run of games, um, but it's going to take a, a whole lot more to, to convince me. I, I'll tell you what, if Jules puts Kai Havertz in his fantasy team and Kai Havertz still <laughs> scores goals, then I'll, I will, I will apologise wholeheartedly. <laughs> Meanwhile, it wouldn't be Christmas without Jurgen Klopp moaning about the fixture list. He's come out and say, how's it fair? Why can't they look at whatever they're doing? They say, yes, you signed the broadcasting contract. It has nothing to do with that. It's every year. It's every year, Jules. Every year. 
every year. I mean, I kind of love him for it, to be fair, and I can understand again his stance and his his position. I'm just not sure what <laughs> what to answer and what to say to him. <laughs> no, that's the whole thing, yeah, isn't it? Look, with everyone else having winter breaks, what would we do without the Premier League? We might have to talk to our families. <laughs> well, first, <laughs> yeah, that, that maybe is the problem. Uh, but 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 that is a Jurgen Klopp. Jurgen goes always on a, on a on a thing on with with these kind of things but the thing is that there are organizations that do these kind of things and if you come to england be careful what you're saying about the fixture list at uh, at christmas they are quite hard and if you don't want to have those hard fixture lists go to another country i remember my first season when i came over we played the 27th 29th 1st of january 3rd of january that was four games in six days and I loved it. I think players do love them. Uh, but they have, well, that's the job of the, the managers to complain. And if you play 1-1 in a dull game against Arsenal, you say that's because we're not fit enough. Same procedures every it, year. Yeah. Just, just on that. On that. I, I did. I, I am in total agreement with, with, with Jan here. Because it's... it's um, Got you, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> Got you out of the house. Got you out of the house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but, but, but to Jan's point, it's, it's a part of the... Of the Traditions of English football. Yeah. That, and, and you know the, the old cliche is how you handle that Christmas period that defines the second half of the season and, and whether you win silverware or not. And you know how important managing that two or three weeks, you know, the week before Christmas, a week after New Year, how you manage those games because there's such quick turnarounds. The grounds are heavy because of the weather. That, those are defining games in, in anybody's season, and you look forward to those. So it, it makes absolutely no sense just to keep complaining year after year because as, as players, or certainly if you accept the traditions, you, you look forward to it, and you're quite excited by it. So I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't get it. The, the other thing, too, is Jürgen Klopp complains about everything, and at, at some point, it loses its validity. At some point, it's... It, it, it's just, well, here we go again. Yes, it's you white know? noise in the Yeah, end. you know, and, and so for somebody of his standing, for, for somebody who knows the game as he does, is in charge of a, a football club that, that, that he is in, it, it's just become, oh, yeah, here we go again. Um, oh, it must be Christmas time. And, and, and it, it loses, it loses its, its, its meaning. Uh, regardless of that, it should be a cracking match in it at Hanford. And of course, we will be bringing you everything you need to know about that tie on the next edition of ESPN FC. Be sure to join us. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Harlan De Bruyne, Stevie and Shepard's Pie, Shaka and Naps, all great teammates. But what's the perfect teammate for growing your business? Well, that's Shopify. 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify makes it easy for you to show up exactly the way you want to. Customize your online store to your style with gorgeous, flexible templates and powerful tools. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash fc. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash fc now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash fc. Right then, here we go. Shaka's power rankings oh. ahead of uh, Christmas. Bad Leverkusen back on top. When I'm, when next, I'm not sure when next I'm doing this because everybody's off. Anyway, right. Bayer Leverkusen back on top. Yes. They've been the, the story of the first half of the season. Uh, Real Madrid continue to, well, the last-minute winner yesterday keeps them in at in number Wow, Shaq, you've completely got rid of Girona. Did I? Yeah, well, <laughs> what's your list? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, All they did was draw oh against Real Betis. Oh, what happened to the day to there? It's almost as if oh. there's no thought that goes into well, that. Just, that was that that was an error by the wow. by, by the uh, by you by the data by you Shep. by the algorithm. Dan. How did you manage yeah. that? I, that's that's the algorithm. I don't right. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Aston yeah. Villa drew on this day then. Right. I'm blaming the algorithm. This is all wrong. So let's go complete write-off. Ah, well, <laughs> we'd have to start but, afresh. Uh, where would they be? They would be sixth. Oh, that's still quite low. That's all right. Right? <laughs> that's all right, is it? I don't, but, I don't but, know where, where they are, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very, yeah, that's very true. But to understand the algorithm, uh, Shaka, is saying that Girona winning every game and the algorithm will <laughs> take them out of the list, isn't it opposite? I, I I can't speak to the uh, algorithm, uh, Jan. Oh, wow. Well. Uh, uh, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not a scientist. Uh, Jules, I'm sorry that you had to witness this. <laughs> Once again. Jules, Jules, come, on, Jules come on just for this. I know. It's midnight in London. You'll see it for that. All of a sudden, all well, of a sudden it's feeling quite late here. Right, rather quick, Shaka's power rackets today. <laughs> Uh, Shaka will be back alongside Jan and Jules. Bottom left corner. That's not me on the little bar down there. No, no mate. Carry on. <laughs> Extra time, as always, available over on our YouTube channel. Action in Serie A today. Milan can only manage a 2-2 draw away against Salatana. What that means is they remain third in the table. But goodness me, Inter could really stretch their lead, couldn't they, over their city rivals? Juventus, of course, still to play as well this weekend. The band are back together. Meanwhile, as Inter Miami have confirmed, we talked about this a lot, haven't we? It was made official uh, today that Luis Suarez will be joining Inter Miami to line up with the likes of, I don't know, Lionel Messi. Oh, OK. There you are. That'd be a nice partnership, you know. Well, do you think so? Yeah. They went on honeymoon together, don't oh, you know? Oh. Speaking of honeymoon, Football Americas is always available on ESPN+. Plus. Be sure to check it out. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. That is it. That brings us to the end uh, of today's show. Be sure to stay tuned. Extra time is next. Jan and Jules back with us. And so is a very shameful show. <laughs> yeah, I'm not shameful. <laughs> Welcome into the latest edition of Extra Time. Thank you very much for your questions. Shaka Hislop has had a nightmare today. Uh, yeah. Forgetting to put Girona in his Shaka Power rankings. <laughs> I did. It's almost as if you're not 100% committed to these I rankings. Was, I was Jack. trying to watch the game as well, you know, so I was... The Aston Villa game? Yeah. Yeah. So I had a lot going on, Dan. <laughs> a lot going on. I had a lot going on. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Jules and Jan are with us. Jan, that's it. You're not travelling to England for, for any of the Premier League matches this, this festive I, season? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, 26th, uh, oh. Burnley against Liverpool. And then 27th, uh, Everton against Manchester City. And then I take some days off again. So now I've been watching Love Actually, so I have tears oh, in my lovely. eyes. It's so cozy. Beautiful. Best, oh, best film beautiful. ever. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Very nice. Uh, Good Lord. We should have a watch party with Stevie <laughs> and Craig watching Love Actually. <laughs> uh, Jules, are you at Anfield tomorrow? No, I'm not going. I'm going to Chelsea on the 24th. Then I've got Arsenal West Ham the 28th, I think it is. Oh. Um, and then New Year's Eve, maybe Fulham Arsenal New Year's Eve. Something like oh. that. There you are. Uh, right, which league, Jan, which league behind the Premier League do you think is the second most competitive or difficult to win? Well, there's an argument there that the Premier League maybe isn't the most difficult. But anyway, right, Jan. Ooh, well, uh, we'll take the top four, top, top five. Uh, Girona will be winning in uh, Spain, of course. So Shaka uh, will talk about his <laughs> alg algorithm again. Uh, co very competitive in Germany this season, with uh, Leverkusen being on top form. But we, we all know that Bayern will win at the end. Uh, oh. Italy, Inter can get us, uh, uh, like we were saying at the show, uh, a good space uh, at the top there. So I will say this year is the most competitive is to win the German league, the Bundesliga. Oh, do you agree, Jules? Um, I was I was trying to think what Jan was answering, and it was quite a long answer. We know Jan, uh, and I think he's right. I would probably go with him and wow. the Bundesliga this season. Yeah, uh, Jules, what will be the most notable player transfer that will happen during the January transfer window? Oh. Wow. Oh, do you know I what, mean, we, do you know what think um, probably Stevie was champion, Jules? Thiago Silva to Real Madrid. 
<laughs> I mean, if that happened, it's not going to happen. But if it was to happen, imagine Stevie's face when oh. the transfer, when, when Fabrizio Romano, here we go, Stevie Nicol, yeah. just for you, Jack of Madrid. Yeah, but Stevie was right on the law. <laughs> Florentino <laughs> Paris, we never thought of that until we saw yeah. Stevie. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> God, Jules, who can we, um, what transfers can we see? To answer the question, I think it would involve someone like Ozyman, for example. Ozyman to oh, United, really? Ozyman to Chelsea, Ozyman somewhere. This would be the big one. I mean, I think he's the one, even if he will sign a new deal, there would be a release clause in there for 130 million euros. But yeah, it's someone like that. The other, I don't see any of the top, top other players like from, you know, Mbappe, Kane, Haaland, all of that, they will stay where they are. Uh, and I think Ozyman will stay at Napoli, but it would be someone like him, I think, to move to make this the, the biggest transfer this January, I think. Yeah, and you had a bit of a nightmare with some of your transfer tips this year. Hopefully turning it around in 2024. I've been fantastic. I mean, <laughs> I, I, there, was a, there, there was a clubs who didn't make the deals. That is the oh, big thing. Oh, the clubs. Thing. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think uh, not, not the biggest names, but Paulinia at Fulham. There will happen something there. Bayern desperate to get one or two players, and they got money, so they show that with with Harry Kane. So that can, but it's a it's a cliche, but it's a very very difficult transfer window because the best players. Why should they sell the best player? Their play, best players. Will, will Leverkusen hold on to their players, Jan? You think? Uh, yes, uh, they will, but just note uh, when Bayern start linking everybody at Leverkusen to them, they will be after Florian Wirtz, they will be after Alonso, they will be after Boniface. <laughs> that's what that's what Bayern do. That is a part of it. Yes, they will keep them at least till the end of the season. Uh, and then we'll see uh, if it's enough for the trophy. Uh, yeah, and if you have the chance to see one player come out of retirement and play at the top level again, who would you pick? Oh, do they have to be alive? No. No. Then I would like I would like to see in the present day the a most fantastic player that may be getting love with football, Johan Cruyff. Johan Cruyff, the maestro by Ajax, by Holland, by Barcelona. I think he would still be fantastic whatever league he would play. Who would you like, Shane? I'm 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 going to follow Jan's leader and and say well I'd love to see like a Pele or Maradona playing in today's game. Yeah, I, I, I really would. You know, given all the comparisons that we inevitably have with players of today and and, and linking them with 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 those greats, I would love to see how how they would fare in today's game. What about you, Jules? Benzema. <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah, that's so mean. Before Christmas mean. as well, you're that's so mean. mean. It's unreal. <laughs> so mean. Um, I would have gone probably Diego, Maradona, or Cruyff. You know, probably one of those. But I would probably pick someone like Eric Cantona. Just again to just remind everybody the kind of player he was, or even Ronaldo, the Brazilian, without the injuries. Uh, and just a little yeah. bit more sing of him at his best, at his peak, with no injuries, fully fit. That would be special. Yeah. It's a bit negative, this next question. You mentioned Love Actually, Jan. What's your least favourite Christmas movie? Was my least Christmas yeah, movie. We have, why, why, yeah. why would you watch your least favourite Yeah, no, exactly. I, I watch we have, it. Yeah. We have a big discussion in Norway now. Uh, this is very isolated to Norway. If it is Die Hard with Bruce oh. Willis, is that a Christmas film? That's not just Norway. That's everywhere, yeah. Everywhere. That's global. Yeah. Every Christmas. Yeah. yeah, but is it a Christmas film? Will we, should we give it to them? 
Well, I don't know. Did you, is, is that, would that be your least favourite? No, 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 but it's, it's a bit brutal uh, for being a Christmas film. Shouldn't a brisk Christmas film be like me now watching Love Actually when Prime Minister Hugh Grant goes from door to door and talks to people yes. and sing, yes. singing with his bodyguard? That's a oh, Christmas yes. film. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Eight legs are a lot, David. Uh, right. <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, Jan, if the fish demands a rematch, are you up for it? <laughs> <laughs> anytime, anywhere, against yes. anyone. Oh, wow. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe not anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we talked about this, uh, didn't we, with Jurgen Klopp complaining about fixture congestion. As a player, did you prefer having a winter break or not? Well, when I, when I played, I went to Austria, it was fantastic. After the last game, goes somewhere warm. But I must say, being a fan of English football, I loved the Christmas time in England. I just right. loved it. Uh, there was something about the atmosphere in the stadium, something about some Santa Claus behind a goal, showing you fingers and telling you swearing swear words about what I do in the ground. <laughs> but it was, it was something about it. And you, fe- you fell down after the first game, then straight to to the next one then you played a, f- a game first of January you were sitting in f- for us uh, Middlesbrough I remember in a lousy hotel at New Year's Eve uh, yeah so but I loved it I, I so missed that period I'm so glad I'm going to do a couple of games at Christmas because I have fantastic atmosphere so for me it's Christmas football what do you prefer Shan? I, I never had a winter break well if you did <laughs> I like playing during winter. Oh, okay. I don't know what winter. I can't compute something that I've never had. What did you think? Oh, I could do with a nice break now. No. Oh. Like, I'm looking forward to playing football. Oh, yes. Yes. Yep, exactly. Always committed. Exactly. Always a professional. Exactly. Uh, final question, all including Dan, what is the best Christmas gift you received in, when you were a child? Ooh. Oh. Oh. I had a karaoke machine. Of course I did, Sean. Oh, God. <laughs> That was a long time ago. Uh, I can't remember what I got when I was uh, a child. Sabutio. Oh, do you remember? Did you have? Yeah. Do you remember yes. Sabutio? Skelectric. Yeah. Oh, I didn't have Skelectric. Oh, I could not like Skelectric. Yeah. Oh, no, something's wrong with you. <laughs> yeah. Skelectric was a winner. Yeah. 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 No. It was Skelectric. Oh yeah. Yeah, Jan. Uh, I remember when we got the first TV. Remember, I was so old that. First TV game, you could play tennis on it. With that, uh, yeah. there was this sound, this beep 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 beep. Yeah. That was oh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah, and as we were so happy with that, my my dad has managed to get a neighbor to build to build a ten- table tennis. Uh, uh, downstairs, and we went down the stairs, and we had a table tennis. Ah, that was fantastic! The table we used it all Christmas. It was fantastic. <laughs> well done, Dad. Well done, neighbor. Yeah, very well done indeed. Fantastic. Where are you, Jules? Uh, first PSG shirt, I think 85. <laughs> Some, uh, the, uh, well Christmas done. 85. I slept with it. I wore it every day for weeks and weeks and weeks. There's no uniform at school in France. So yeah, oh. first PSG shirt. Uh, yeah, and why are you laughing? No, I'm just laughing at how Jules is, is, is a true PSG and even his Christmas present. And then I was just imagining him running around in that uh, shirt. And I see him on the podcast every time with a new shirt. I love that. That is tradition and that is football <laughs> love. Yeah, all freebies, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, 
no, no, no, no, no. He's showing his photo when he's when he's shopping in London. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Why does he show those photos, Jan? Hey. Mm? Yeah. Uh, there we go. Thank you very much, Jan. Thanks yeah. to Jules. Uh, thanks to Shaka. Uh, just a reminder: ESPN FC back on your screens tomorrow. Of course, it will be Liverpool against Arsenal. Our big talking point. <laughs>